I'm Vince. And I'm Travis. And we're about to ruin your games and stuff. This is Travis! Welcome to Undesign. What's going on, Travis? You know, lots of things are going on in the world right now, especially in America, and we're here to ease that situation by talking about some RPG stuff. That's right. Let's talk about let's talk about fake worlds. The real world is uh, not too fun. Too much. So, yeah, yeah, it's too much right now. So let's talk about some stuff that's a little a little. Let's talk about fun stuff. Okay. So today I rolled a thing, which is what we do here, and that thing was why experience makes things worse. Colon, the knowledge problem. Colon, the knowledge problem. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so let me unpack this one for you, as I would, as I am so uh, often prone to doing. Here is a an interesting thing I've noticed in role playing for almost thirty years now. There comes a point in your role playing career where you suddenly become wise to all of the tricks, the tropes, and the trends in a standard RPG. Okay, so you're saying you know all the ins and outs. You know everything about the game that you're playing. Yes, but not mechanically. Oh, I don't okay. mean the rules. I mean the meta concepts of the game. To, to unpack this for you, Travis. Can I just I, say what I think you're saying? Okay, sure. see if I'm right, because yeah, I might be wrong. No, What you're ahead. saying is I know the story of the Medusa, so I know how to fight the Medusa. So my character that, knows how to fight the Medusa. Is that what you're saying? Like what? Yes, I think you're very much on the right the right path there. I, I think that's exactly kind of the idea. Let me let me make it real like this, okay? All right, Travis, I'm going to DM you here real quick for a session, okay? You're you're a rogue. You played rogues. I think one of our favorite games ever was you playing a rogue with with mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. So here we go. You're a rogue. You're in a dungeon. You've picked a lock to open a door. This is the description of the room that I'm about to start. The stone door slides open as you uh, hear the last tumbler of the lock click. A bright light emanates from the room, and within you see that unlike the rest of the dungeon, this room remains quite clean, free of uh, most dust and debris. It's been sealed for a long time. In the center of the room, there's a large marble pillar, three, maybe four feet tall, round and vegetative in design. Atop the center of the pillar is a ruby easily the size of two, both of your fists put together. Without looking closer and just at a guess, you know that ruby is worth more than 100,000 gold pieces. This is a career-making gem. Okay, thus endeth the description. Travis, what's going on in that room? What's your character do? Go ahead. What, okay. What is well, it just depends on and and okay. What what does my character do? Yep. Well, my my character's eyes grow three sizes. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know they get all big and round and they're 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 just like holy crap. This is the future, right? This is everything. This is everything I've always wanted. And the 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 impulse is to walk into the room and to touch this amazing thing, right? Right. Sure. So instead of that, I'm gonna look around the room for traps. Okay, because this room is obviously trapped, right? Sure, absolutely. Yes. This is trapped beyond all traps. This is a trap, trap, <laughs> trappy trap. Sure, um, sure. I'm about to die when I step through this door. I know it. I can feel it in my bones. So let's search for traps. Sure. So you get the idea, right? So yep. 
when you're a new player, and, and obviously I used a really, really super obvious example yeah. uh, where anybody almost would understand that there's a trap afoot here, right? But when you're a new player, the point is because your openness is so high and you don't know that illithids are going to eat brains or you mentioned, you know, maybe like uh, you probably know Medusa's turning to stone because that's a common piece of sort of historical lore. But there are so many things about these worlds that you would play, you just don't know. Right. And at a deeper level, you haven't become wise to these meta concepts of like, this is the things you would tend to trap and this is the things you would tend to not want to do, right? Mm -hmm. And so what happens is you go on this journey as you start to learn this stuff. And I, I just, I really hate this, this journey, okay? Like to the depth of my soul. Uh-oh. It, it orients, I think what snapped this into place in my head some time back was there became this popular thing of, Never, never split the party. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, because it's bad news, right? It's bad, bad news tactically. Bad news tactically, right? And I hate that so much mm -hmm. because— people don't do that in real life, right? Like, Absolutely. Actual people aren't, aren't like, oh, we can't split up, you know? We're, I'm not saying actual real life is a lot like a horror movie where they're like, oh, we have to split up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure, when sure. It, when, it, when it makes the most sense, but whatever. But we're just talking about in every situation. They're just like, we can't split up. Right. We must stay together at all times because if we split up at all, it's we could we could get attacked and then we'll be at less as our full fighting capacity and we'll get killed. It speaks to this antagonistic relationship with the GM mm -hmm. where the GM is trying to trick you to get you right They're They're trying. Ha, gotcha. Right. right. But, and I finally I, separated you from the herd. Yes. And I just I hate everything about it because. Mm -hmm. When we were new players, and, and by the way, the easiest way to see this in practice is when you play with somebody relatively inexperienced and new mm -hmm. and who who injects into your veins and your game that same wide-eyed interest and fun that you had at some point in time that died because you learned enough and you figured out the tricks and now... You can try not to metagame all you want, but there's this period in the middle of your journey where you just, you know the GM's out to get you, and this is probably a trap. And so what it leads to is the most boring games possible where everybody becomes SEAL Team 6, making the most <laughs> optimally, tactically smart decisions at every single second they possibly can. Right. And this weird chess match evolves with the GM where they're now trying to outthink you and get you every time and you're just trying to uh you're just trying to actually live i guess is what it is mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and well, well, well you're you're trying you're trying to benefit the most from every situation yes and i just hate it because well it's really uh, it's really against a lot a lot of what you go into for for from a role playing standpoint because you want you want people to play their characters as as they would they would act, absolutely. Um, and instead of leaning into their characters, they're leaning into tactical structure, which is just completely not not what this is about, right? Like you're you're not you're not sitting together with all these people to to play out tactical situations all the time. A large part of this is role playing. So really, you can you can you can take advantage of the fact that you know these things instead. Okay, like. 
yes, I know everything that, that about every D&D game ever. Like, I just do. I, right. I know instinctively what's going to happen. But I can lean into it because I can see story evolving from leaning into something bad happening, right? Um, taking a chance, taking a risk, stepping away from the party, um, walking into the room and grabbing the ruby and trying to run for it instead yeah. of instead of trying trying to fight the GM about the traps. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, because the character would do it. You know, this is some some young guy who has never been in a crypt before, never been in a tomb before. Does it has, hasn't seen Indiana Jones because it's it's freaking medieval times, right? You know, he doesn't know that that's going to be a trap. So what he's going to do is he's like, oh my god, I got to get this thing and I got to get it out of here right now. I need to run, right? Yeah, so he's going to bound across the room, grab the gem, and try to bound right back out. Absolutely, and and, and then interesting things can happen because of that. Exactly, and that's fun and cool and interesting, and. My point is there's a breakdown on both sides of the table here, right? This isn't just— So the GM the, is also at fault. Yes, because the GM is setting up situations. Do you know how many times I see GM say, well, I don't kill players. I just set up situations where if they're stupid, they kill themselves. Right, yeah. That's a bad that way to look at it for sure. is terrible. And it's all—I it's, honestly—I've seen it before a lot, too, and they seem to take pride in it. Yes. You know what I mean? They say it pridefully, which is very strange um, when, when, when the goal is, is a collaborative enjoyment, right? Like the goal, the goal is to have everybody to have fun and to so cavalierly throw that aside, you know, for, oh, well, well, you know, they made a bad choice. Oh, well, I guess they don't get to have fun. You know what I mean? Oops. Yes, I got to kill them because they did yeah. something human or human, whatever. Right. I mean, I understand that, like, they could be portraying elves or space warriors or you know, sure. be beams of light given sentience. It doesn't matter. The point is they they oh, made an interesting... Sure, absolutely. They made an interesting emotional choice, right? Yes. That fits with their character, their narrative, their story, their whatever, right? And to me, that should be rewarded, mm -hmm. not punished. So if you're the GM and you have that room with that ruby, yes, obviously it's trapped. Of course it is, right? And... You should assume that, but the trap shouldn't be the the rogue insta dies. The trap should be some interesting situations that give the rogue more chances to do rogue things, mm -hmm. right? Where they now have to think on their feet and use the skills that they've uh, accrued. Right, get your Tomb Raider on. Yes, to succeed, exactly. Laura Croft is going into the tomb. She's stealing the stuff and then... More bad things happen, but she's equipped to deal with this. It's either either at the end of two pistols or through acrobatics or whatever, right? And uh, that is how these games should go, because I think that what you hopefully have happen on the other side of this, I think the other side of this curve, is when both parties realize eventually, hopefully, great groups eventually do this, that this is stupid. <laughs> okay right? yeah 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 it's stupid all right that that we have lost you've lost the thread lost the way yes uh this is not what this game is about it is a collaborative role-playing experience now look maybe right, look you there's... Need to, this is what we need to talk about now though where, where's the cutoff right like right. where does the, the cutoff from tactical board game to role-playing game happen like where do you need to make that disconnect where's the right time to make the disconnect yeah, I well, I'll tell you where I come down. If it says role playing game, and I'm sitting down sure. piloting a character 
that's the world we're in. We've left I, tactical tabletop simulator behind. Look, I, I agree. I agree. But that's also because I happen to fall into similar similar categories of game players you do. All right. We do have some common, but not all the same. Obviously, we have very we have some diff- very differences on some things, but we both believe in collaborative storytelling, collaborative gameplay. Everybody should have fun at the table. It's it probably a lot of that comes from being serial GMs, like we just GM and GM and GM and GM. Right. And you start to learn that that's the actual reason you're playing the game after a while, you know. To tell a story. Um, right. To tell a story. A lot of people don't look at it that way, though. They do look at it as gameplay, like like they are trying to also enjoy the gameplay aspect of the game. So what I'm what I'm asking is, are you are you asking all of the players who are gameplay focused to step away from that completely? No, it wouldn't be. And fair if not, if where where should they? Sure. Like where where's the line for them? I I think if that's the type of player they are, if if your whole group really truly loves this and you have enjoy this ever evolving set of uh of of a chess match of a tete a tete with your gm where one wrong step off of the tight wire <laughs> you're walking ends in death if that's truly thrilling to you okay great enjoy your game play it the way you do i don't want to play a game with you that's my simple answer Play your game the way you like. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. What if it's not that extreme though? What if it's just someone who likes tactical combat sometimes, um, and and gets a lot of enjoyment out of that? Should should they just should they devalue that part of the game for themselves? Absolutely should... not. No, that's fine. I think tactical combat can be a perfectly, perfectly reasonable part of this, mm-hmm. because then you're in sort of the fight or flight mechanism is what tends to be happening, right? And your characters are so you're generally don't, don't bring it into the role playing part of the game. Is that what you're saying? Like, like, okay, now now we're deciding which town to visit and how, and everybody wants to go this way, and everybody else wants to go that way. And you're saying, no, you can't. Ever, everybody can't go because we need to stay together. That's probably the wrong way to look at it. Is that, I'm is, saying is that what, kind of what you're getting at. You get, get the tactics necessary, unless your character is literally a tactician. Obviously, um, I'm a little bit. I'm saying there's a slider here, right? So in combat, it would be assumed that in general, you as a functional group who has fought together many times. Mm -hmm. So in my current game, I actually recently counted up all the battles we fought. We're level 12 or something. And that's probably probably a decent amount of battles at level 12. Yeah, sure. So our group has been through more than 90 combats. Ooh, that's a lot. Okay, that is crazy. That would put us uh, historically that would put us amongst some of the most experienced you know sort of soldiers in history Mm -hmm. right yes yeah yeah and uh one would assume by that point you've got your head on straight like when it when it is truly life or death because when people are swinging swords or shooting guns or firing off you know giant space lasers at you that's what's on the line every time and even mechanically speaking if, if 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 you're doing nine battles per level that's a lot of battles for every level you've made too so yeah, you've learned, and plus those other sorts of role-playing emotions might not be in there as much, especially if it's a fight against, this is the fight against the equivalent of yard trash or whatever, right? Like, right. they're bad guys, we're good guys, we got to get rid of them to get to our goal. Now, that being said, okay, it's not like this is, when I say this is a slider, I mean it's a spectrum. It doesn't turn off or on all the way, because it should still be done sometimes where you allow for players to make bad choices in combat, to do things that are dumb to, to take actions that aren't in their own interest. And you shouldn't just wipe the party 
because right. of that, right? Because sometimes those fights will have emotional cores. It'll be against, you know, people uh, you've been fighting for for many many times, like the the yes. recurring villains, you know, the, the yes. people that you made relationships with. Yep, and and it can and, be so fun to do the wrong thing. It's so fun story wise to do the wrong thing sometimes, like the the the, the illogical thing out uh, uh, from a metagame standpoint, but the logical thing for a character standpoint, right? Exactly. Yes. So I think you as a GM have to make allowance for that, that, yeah, sure, your group is generally competent in combat. And so 60, 70, 80, 90 percent of the time, you understand what I'm saying, whatever that slider is, right? It's OK if you're kind of metagamey and you're kind of tactical and you're like, OK, well, you know, you handle the big guy. I'll get this one because you know that that's actually what you're better suited to do. Right. Because you've done this a bunch. Right. Mm hmm. But when it comes to then outside, when you're in the role-playing world, when you're doing these things that are that, the slider kind of goes the opposite direction. So again, you'll often act smart and in your own self-interest. It's not that you're walking around trying to commit suicide right. or something, right? right? right, right. But we're when you— No, we're talking about narrative moments, really. That's that's yes. most of the time what you're talking about, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, exactly we should correct. spell that out better. Sorry. No, that's all right. I think it's good to drill into this. When you yes, when you encounter those narrative moments, when you encounter those things where clearly you could make an interesting choice, mm -hmm. right? And the interesting choice is quote unquote the dumb choice, right? Tactically, whatever, meta, plotty, whatever. Do that, and as a GM, encourage that and reward that by making the story more interesting when that happens. Right. Build from the conflict. Build from the conflict. That's such a good way to say this, because I think ultimately what happens there is the players suddenly feel more comfortable and in a more trusted environment. Mm -hmm. Because when we they're can make decisions now, right? It's yes. like, oh, you've given us permission. That's the GM giving us permission instead of fighting us, um, giving us the opportunity to make those choices, right or wrong that we, we know will build our characters and give us give everyone at the table more fun. Absolutely. And and here's an interesting fringe benefit to this, okay? We're talking about intentionally making poor choices. We're talking about the situations where, sure, from a meta perspective, you're smart enough to know you shouldn't go down that alley, you shouldn't let that person walk away, whatever, whatever, right? Uh, by the way, this is the thing we like most in movies, yeah. When sort of two characters have an emotional bond and one of them lets the other one get away, you know, the femme fatale is going to steal the thing and it's going to kill the detective, but the detective lets her go anyways, even yeah. though he shouldn't. That's literally the stuff we love in movies and, and books and stories. But anyway, here's another interesting fringe benefit at the table. Uh, sometimes people just legitimately make mistakes. They do. <laughs> yeah. And, and don't know what the right choice is to make, right? And... If you build your game to allow for when these quote unquote bad choices, I'm making finger air quotes that our audience can't see, happen, it actually makes the story richer and more interesting and gives them more and you build out of that conflict. Mm -hmm. The same thing will happen when somebody makes an accidentally wrong choice, right? Yes, and, and even the GM benefits from this, it gives him more threads to pull from. Like every time someone makes a big mistake that just no one saw coming, it's more threads for you to build your campaign out further. Exactly. Make better stories. And it makes them more comfortable because players can often feel like, especially if they're less experienced players at the table or something like that, they can suddenly feel like they're walking on eggshells because if they choose wrong, everybody's going to be mad at them. 
and the GM's going to kill them, and that kind of stuff will happen, right? Well, sometimes, sometimes those new players are really a, a treasure trove of great, great things, though. Like it's a, it's really a, a great resource to have at your table to have someone new who's open minded and doesn't have all a doesn't lot of stop himself, notions, doesn't have the but also has the courage to just be like, yeah, let's do this. Let's I, like this is what my guy would do. Let's go. Right. <laughs> you know. Yep. It's, it's it's really good to have someone like that, like that around to give everyone perspective on what what it used to be like, you know, before yeah. before you knew everything. Yes, before you knew everything, before you knew all the tricks. And so my I, I think, honestly, my honest summation of this would be the best thing you can do as a character, as a player and as a GM running a game is to make. You must unlearn what you have learned. Yes, uh, unlearn, yeah. To forget to to make bad choices, to do the things that are in your character without hesitation or regret, and for you as a GM to allow that to happen, to encourage that to happen, and to build on that, and to make, and to reward the players that make that choice. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because the more you do that, the more other players at the table will start doing the same. And again, it's not that I'm saying they make every choice wrong. It's not like we're trying to play opposite day here. You're encouraging them to win. It suits their character. And there's a narrative, a high narrative impact emotional moment. They're willing to make the wrong choice. Right. And that's within within verisimilitude of the world. It makes sense. Do it. And and it should be rewarded. Absolutely. I think I think that's that's certainly our topic, which was why experience makes things worse colon the knowledge problem undesigned undesigned all right well very good thank you very much everybody for listening we certainly appreciated it hey give us a little rating or a review on itunes go there give us five stars or something or a review that's really really appreciated uh but as always we very much appreciate you listening to this one and we'll talk to you next time mm-hmm.